first lesson is taken from Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 5. Saint Paul is writing to the early Christians in Rome. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. This is the word of the Lord. Mark's Matthew's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 46 to 50, page 978, if you're following in the Bible. Jesus has been teaching fairly controversially and not to everybody's taste. While Jesus was still talking to the crowd, his mother and brothers stood outside waiting for him. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to speak to you. He replied to him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Pointing to his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Liz, and thank you, Wendy. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, it, it, I hope you all had a good break over Christmas, a good break over the new year, and now we begin this new term together. Uh, and Adam Manuel, our vision is very simple. It's a one-word vision. Our vision is Jesus. We want to know him better. We want to make him better known. And if you can cast your minds back about 12 months, it was 12 months ago that we launched Pray for Five, these little purple cards. Uh, and we asked the Lord to show us five members of our friends or family who we could pray every day that the Lord would show his love to them. And it's been wonderful over the last year to celebrate with various people as they've met Jesus for the first time and discovered his love. Uh, and we've all got many friends and family members that we're still praying for who don't yet know Jesus' love. 
Uh, and I'd love to encourage you to keep going with Pray for Five. We introduced it last year. We don't plan to stop. We still love our friends and family members. The Lord still loves them. And um, we've put the cards out again at the back. So do take a card. Ask the Lord, who are the five people in my life I can pray for each day for God to reveal his love to them? And we'll keep walking on that journey with our friends and family members as we ask the Lord to reveal his love to them. Uh, but this term, as Johnny said, we're focusing in a different direction. We're focusing this term on growing together. Uh, both growing closer together as a church family in our own relationships and together as a church family growing closer to Jesus. Uh, I don't know if you remember that kids game, Stuck in the Mud, where you'd run around, you'd get tagged, and you'd have to freeze in kind of a scarecrow position until someone came and they'd tag you to release you, and then you could run around again. Uh, I think it's a great metaphor for the Christian life, uh, because we need one another to be released. We need one another to grow. We often get stuck in so many ways. We struggle. The hardships of life, they, they paralyze us. And we need each other to release us. Uh, so later in the year, we'll be thinking about the contribution that each one of us makes, how we contribute to the body and the family, uh, different functions, different parts, one body. Uh, and this term, thinking about how we grow together, uh, because we all long to belong, don't we? No one wants to get picked last when you're a kid in school. Uh, do you remember your first day, perhaps at school, wondering, am I going to make friends? Um, is anyone going to like me? Am I going to find my people? Uh, perhaps remember moving house or moving to a new area and grieving the old relationships that we lose, looking for connection with new people. We were made for a relationship. We're hardwired for connection with others. When God created Adam, he looked at Adam and he said, it is not good for man to be alone. Uh, we need one another. Uh, and nor is it possible to be an isolated Christian. I, I don't know if you remember your pandemic experience of church. Wasn't it, wasn't it awful? <laughs> as, a, as an introvert, for the first few weeks, I loved it. The first few weeks of the March lockdown, I remember I was, I was so energised by all of this introvert time I was getting. And the first Sunday of lockdown, I went to church four times. I went to my old student church on YouTube. I saw what my parents' church was doing. I watched our church. I um, saw a friend's church. I was so excited to be able to suddenly see what all these churches around the country were doing. By the end of the third lockdown, I wasn't going to church at all. Um, online church, it wasn't really church, was it? Because church is community, it's relationships, and YouTube just didn't cut it. I was so deprived by the end of that third lockdown of that being able to be together as a church family. Uh, and that's true spiritually, not just emotionally. We need one another. We need friends. We need family. We need each other relationally. We need each other to grow and to move forward in the Christian life. And uh, One of our core values at Emmanuel is that we are a family. We're a family of all generations, from the oldest to the youngest. We belong together. We care for one another. Uh, and that's the point that our passage this morning is making that Wendy read for us. And we're making it our verse of the year. It's on our newsletters and we'll give out the cards next week. Next week. Uh, and in Romans 12, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul's been making the point that Jesus is for everybody. That none of us deserve God's love in the first three chapters, but that God has demonstrated his love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Jesus died for you and me in chapters 3 to 5. And then in chapters 6 to 8, that we have a new power for living God's way. And in chapters 9 to 11, that God is therefore for the Jewish people and for the Gentiles, those who aren't Jews, that God is for everybody. 
Uh, and in Romans 12, Paul turns now to what this means for our life together. Uh, and through the chapter, he shows us what the community that's shaped by the good news of Jesus will be like. It's a picture of lives transformed, of loving one another, of everybody contributing, putting others first. Uh, and our small groups will be working through the whole of Romans 12, the whole chapter this term. Uh, but I'll just introduce it this morning. Uh, so Romans 12 and verse 1. And here we read that how in view of God's mercy, because of what he's done, as our spiritual act of worship, we offer ourselves as sacrifices, uh, as living sacrifices. We don't have to physically die to become a Christian. We still live and move. As holy sacrifices given to the Lord, set apart for him. As sacrifices that are pleasing to God, our whole lives, for his glory. Uh, and in verse 2, we see what that looks like. We're told that we will no longer be conformed to the pattern of this world, but transformed by the renewing of our minds. Uh, and nobody wants to be conformed. Being conformed, it speaks of, of external pressure, being forced into a shape that's not our shape, being boxed by forces outside us. Uh, and all of us, we're being shaped the whole time. We're, we're shaped by what we watch on television. We're shaped by what we read. Uh, we're shaped by what we do, we're shaped by our phones, we're shaped by the people we spend time with, we're shaped by the narratives that we believe. Everything that we do is shaping us one way or another, and often we're being shaped in ways that we don't realise, uh, and ways that aren't good for us. We're being conformed to the pattern of this world, and we become more anxious, and we become more materialistic, and we get trapped in comparison with other people, and we get conformed to be more selfish and self-oriented about what I want and I need. But God has rescued us. And in response to God's mercy, we offer him our whole lives. And where before the world had squeezed us into its mould, now God begins, in verse 2, to renew us, to transform us, to liberate us, to live as we were designed to, the way that life should be. I don't know where you've let the world squeeze you into its mould. Where the things that we do, the pattern of this world, are conforming us. This year, God wants to transform you from the inside out by the power of his spirit as we grow together. And so in verses 3 to 5, we then start to see the impact of this transformation on our relationships with one another. Um, verse 3 encourages us to think of ourselves appropriately, not more highly than we ought. Uh, it's not to put ourselves down, not less than we ought to, because we are loved and accepted in Jesus. We are bought at a price, we're precious to him. But we're not to puff ourselves up either. We're all sinners saved by grace. None of us are perfect. None of us have anything to boast about. It's the free gift of God. And then verses 4 to 5, and this is our, our verse for the year. Verses 4 to 5 remind us that we belong to one another. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Uh, when we're saved, we're united with Jesus. We're filled with his spirit. We'll say in a moment in the communion prayer that we who are many form one body because we all share in one bread. We all come together to the same table. We receive Jesus' body broken for us, and we're made one. Uh, we have a new power for living. That's what Romans 8 is about. God's spirit within us, changing us, transforming us. And we have a new unity with one another. That's Romans chapter 12. Um, we all have different parts to play. We're not the same. We're quite different, many of us. But we are one in Jesus. Because we belong to Jesus, so we belong to one another. 
But so often that's not how we treat church, is it, in practice? We come naturally conformed to the pattern of this world and seeking our benefit, not the benefit of others. Uh, We come naturally focusing on what's in it for us rather than what we give to other people. It's so easy to emphasise our differences and where we're unlike and to forget the price that Jesus has paid to unite us. It's much harder to walk the path of the cross. And the encouragement in Romans 12.5 is that our unity is Jesus' achievement. It's not ours. He has made us one. We already belong to one another. Like it or not, we belong to one another. Whatever we do, we belong to one another. That's what Jesus did on the cross. Now Paul encourages us to act like it, live out our salvation. I don't know if you've heard someone say, I'm a Christian, but I don't really go to church. It's more and more common for people to say that these days, though it's a statement that makes no sense when we think about it biblically. The church in the Bible is um, referred to in three main metaphors. Church is Jesus' bride, it's his body, and it's his home. Now, I don't know if you'd be very impressed if a friend said, I'm married, but I never see my wife. don't know if you'd be very impressed or you'd ask some questions if someone says, well, I've got a home, but I never go to it. Um, or even the least, most nonsensical of all. I, I'm, I'm a person, but I don't have a body. It doesn't make any sense. No more can we be a Christian without the church. There's no such thing as an isolated Christian. We are one. We belong to one another. I came across this week C.S. Lewis's memory of his first experience of church. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this before. Let me read from his memoir. C.S. Lewis says, My own experience is that when I first became a Christian about 14 years ago, I thought I could do it on my own, by retiring to my rooms and reading theology, and I wouldn't go to the churches. I disliked very much their hymns, which I considered to be fifth-rate poems set to sixth-rate music. But as I went on, I saw the great merit of it. I came up against different people of quite different outlooks and different education, and then gradually my conceit just began peeling off. I realised that the hymns, which were just sixth-rate music, were nevertheless being sung with devotion and benefit by an old saint in elastic side boots in the opposite pew. And then you realise that you aren't fit to clean those boots. It gets you out of your solitary conceit. My friends, God has designed us to need one another. It's not good for man to be alone. There's no such thing as a solitary Christian. And we belong to one another to help us escape that solitary conceit, to help us grow together. This is who we are in Jesus. We are the church that Jesus died for. We're his bride. We're his body. We're his home. Each one of us here, each one of you is precious to God, bought at a price. Each one of us is included in Jesus so that we belong to him. Uh, And we we know that that no human belonging can ever replace our need of God. So we don't expect church to fulfil us. We don't expect any human relationships to fulfil us. Only God can do that. But as we allow Jesus to transform us and renew us and recreate us, we come together as his body to share that love, to express it to one another. Uh, The church isn't an inward-facing community. It's not a huddle with arms round each other's shoulders all facing in. We're a a pilgrim people. We're a a bunch of hikers or trekkers. We're off on a journey together. We're we're together. We're supporting one, one another, but not facing in. We're looking out. We're going together, bound by that common purpose, going to Jesus, knowing him better, making him better known. 
So this year, can I encourage you to come to church expectant? Not just to come together on Sunday because this is what we do, because it's in our diaries, but to come because we are the body of Christ, because we belong to one another, and because together we will grow deeper into him. Now that's why we come regularly each week, that's why we make Sunday as a priority to commit to the discipline of showing up, because if we're not here, we all lose out. We can't be family together without that relational time. Uh, that's why we introduce ourselves to each other each week over coffee. And can I encourage you, if we all t- had the discipline of every Sunday at church over tea and coffee, going and saying hi just to one person who we don't know, uh, and just saying, how long have you been coming to Emmanuel? We never say, are you new? Because then someone says, no, I've been coming for 80 years, and we can't all know each other. But how long have you been coming to Emmanuel? I don't know your name. Uh, and going and introducing ourselves to people who aren't like us, not just people of the same age and stage and background. <coughs> but going and welcoming one another so that we can build a church culture which is welcoming of everybody. We are the body of Christ, and so we all share in loving one another. But this goes far beyond Sundays, doesn't it? Andy Stanley, who's a church pastor in the States, says, the primary activity of the New Testament church was one anothering one another. I love that phrase, one anothering one another. And then he says, the problem is that when everyone is sitting in rows, you can't do any one anothering. The primary activity of the church is one anothering one another, loving one another, bearing with one another, forgiving one another, serving with one another, supporting one another. Uh, and that's why the primary way that we belong to each other in a church of this size is through those smaller groups. It might be a small group that meets in a home on a midweek evening. It might be a part, effectively, a prayer triplet of three or four others who meet up during the week. It might be being part of a team that prays together and supports one another. But we all need that smaller circle to belong to. And that's why next week we're going to be launching our small groups for the term. Uh, Do take the Outlook magazine at the back and you can read and see all the detail there as Johnny explained it. But we'll introduce our small groups next Sunday and then next Tuesday and Thursday evening, the 16th and the 18th, we'll uh, have our evening groups meeting here in church. You can come and try one out. Just come and see one, see if it works, see if you like the people, see if you connect and see if it's for you. And what we're encouraging everyone to do is to explore, um, to, to search, to try things out in January. And then hopefully by February to have found a group of people, whether a small group, whether a pod, whether a team, which you can commit to until the summer and just give it a try for a few months, meeting regularly with other Christians to support you and pray for you. And then we'll have a group amnesty in the summer. You can leave if it's not for you. Nobody will chase you. Nobody will be offended. We'll say everybody's allowed to leave, so don't worry, you're not signed up for life. But try, out, try it out in January, experiment. Try and commit in February and then we'll have an amnesty in the summer. Uh, And it's important that they're flexible. Um, I know for many of us here, for those who are working parents with kids at home and two jobs, it's very hard to work out how to do that in the midweek evening. And one of the patterns that parents often do is to have a little triplet of the dads and a little triplet of the mums, then kind of alternate or um, share the time around. So it can be really flexible. It doesn't have to be arbitrary. It can fit around the pattern of life. What I'd love to encourage us to do this year is for each one of us just to raise the bar of intentionality with which we live our life as community. Let's not just do it on autopilot. Let's not just go through the motions. Let's really say, let's, can I be intentional about it this year? Who am I growing with? Where do I belong? Who is looking out for me? Who am I looking out for? Where do I pray regularly with others? Nobody can be a Christian by ourselves. There's no such thing as an isolated Christian. 
Who are the people that you are walking through life with? Let's all just raise the bar of intentionality. It might be you're already seeing the people. You meet up for coffee every week and you can say, well, let's pray together and let's be intentional. It might be that you don't know who those people are and you want to join a group for the first time. We'll all do it differently. But let's raise the bar of intentionality with which we follow Jesus together as we encourage and, and make, give an opportunity for everyone to find the place in which you can belong. Uh, I've, for me, that's the times I've grown fastest. I'll, I'll tell the story next week of the, the times and places I've grown most as a Christian when I've been meeting with others with common purpose, committed together to help one another to grow. And it's the times that I felt most like I've belonged as well, when I found that smaller circle. Uh, so we'll be sharing the details of how we can do that next week. For, for this week, for this new year, let's ask the Lord to transform us, not to conform us. Let's ask the Lord to help us know Jesus better this year. Uh, and let's be prepared to grow together and to be intentional, each one of us, about how we grow together as Christians this year. Uh, so would you stand as the band come back up and let's pray together. And we pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill us afresh this new year? Come, Lord Jesus, we pray. Rest on each one of us. Lord, we say we want to seek you first this year. We want to know you better. We want to be transformed into your image. Lord Jesus, help us seek you first this year. Lord, we repent of our solitary conceit, of where we've tried to go it alone, to follow you without the support of others. Help us, we pray, to grow together this year, to be your family in this place, and together to grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. As we prepare for communion, let's spend some time in this song.